Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining today's Billy Live Friday. My name is Sydney Robolata. I am the co-creator of Body I Love You, which is the course that literally teaches you how to love yourself. Um, I just want to own I'm a little lower energy today as I am definitely vocal and expressing um, in this platform for sure that I struggle with just different levels of depression and anxiety. And um, some days, if and when that shows up, I am capable of showing up and still having these conversations and other days that's not the case. And today was one of those days that I was I was a bit on the fence. But I just know that this is such a safe community to just come and share conversations. And I just really appreciate being able to come to a space where this stuff can be talked about and normalized. And just thank you all for that. Um, for those watching on this video, if I keep looking down, it's because I'm watching the actual live on my phone because I'm not very tech savvy and um, I was having a hard time figuring that out on my laptop today. So I want to look down in case anybody has any questions or comments that they want to contribute to this conversation because, first of all, it would be totally normal to have questions or comments. And I want you guys like involved in the conversation, whatever stops or observations or obstacles that you have about today's topic, I want to be able to address them. So hello, thank you and welcome. Or maybe you're listening on the Body I Love You podcast, which is uploaded every Monday, in which case that is why this format is this format, because I actually film these live on Fridays and then upload to the podcast on Mondays. So for anyone who is contributing to watching the live, um, or adding in questions or comments, you're actually contributing to just the, the overall content of the episode. So please, and thank you. Today's topic for this Billy Live Friday is the idea of forgiving your parents for poor body image, for your poor body image. And when I say poor body image, we've done so many conversations in the past within this group around like what body image actually is. So I'll just give you like a lightning round of what that actually uh, looks or sounds like. So your body image in a nutshell is how you perceive your body or how you view your body is being perceived. Um, so, so many people have poor body image and that's just when able, when we're able to look at ourselves in the mirror or look at a picture of ourselves or whatever it is, and all of those harsh criticisms or our judgments come kind of tumbling down. Um, that is pointing to poor body image. Our body image is just our, essentially our brain's relationship to our body. How do we perceive our body? So when I talk to poor body image, again, I'm speaking to if you are frequently looking at your body and consistently pointing out all the things that you view as air quotes flaws, um, and just kind of the judgments that you have about yourself or the judgments that you fear other people have for you. So specifically for today's conversation, we're going to be talking about how parents contribute to our body image, how that our body image is truly born at such an early age and um, what thoughts and words and behaviors contribute to this stuff, how it impacts us as adults 
And then we're going to get into a deep conversation about like uh, what forgiveness is, how do we forgive? What does the action of forgiveness even look like? It's important before I get in on this conversation that this is not a parent bashing thing. I am not on this conversation bashing my parents. I'm not telling you, you should bash your parents. This is not about blame. This is not about shame. This is not about the ease of pointing a finger so that you don't have to take responsibility over your own life. Um, this is none of that. This is simply looking at your series of circumstances throughout your life and how all of that has added up to bringing you to where you're at today. Um, and for a lot of people, for dare I say 91% of the female population in the United States, to poor body image. 91% of women are displeased with their bodies. And there are so many contributing factors to that. And of course, the humans who raised us um, are part of that. Also, when I'm referring to parents, I'm super aware that different people have just their family dynamics look different. So when I'm referring to parents, I'm referring to the, the humans that raised you, whoever that is, be it um, mom and or dad or grandparents or foster parents or I don't know even like coaches and teachers like the humans that raised you so one of the things this was actually brought up in our body I love you session this week we're in week three of our course and for those of you who know week three is the theme for week three is forgiveness and boundaries and so much comes up in this conversation because we realize that there's actually so much to forgive. I've noticed a pattern actually in the past couple rounds of Body I Love You that when it comes to this conversation, and this is totally allowed by the way, but I, I just always kind of look under the surface and see what else is under there. But we essentially start to build a forgiveness list of like who or what is there to forgive for the negative way that you perceive your body. It can be, again, mom and dad. It can be that snotty brat-nosed kid that was in my fourth grade class that made comments about my body that still echo in my head today as an adult. It could be a coach who said something horrendous to you growing up. Um, it could be all of these different things. And I noticed that on the forgiveness list, very frequently, the first person that there is to forgive is me. And I'm not talking about me specifically. I mean, whoever's writing this forgiveness list they say, I, I need to forgive myself. And that is so valid for so many reasons. Very often we put our bodies through absolute hell in terms of how we yo-yo diet, um, how we talk shit to our bodies, how we just like put our bodies through all these gnarly things because of poor body image. So I totally hear this idea of self-forgiveness, but I noticed when we dig a little bit deeper into this conversation, it actually starts to morph into more of self-blame of people saying like, well, yeah, my mom used to say these things to me growing up, but I could have just eaten quote unquote better, or I could have just exercised more, or I could have just not let that bother me or whatever that looks like. And the primary thing that's important for me to, to point out in that conversation is when you are a kid, whether we're talking about you're six or you're 16, you are not a fully formed human yet. Your, your frontal lobe has not fully formed. 
it is the most normal thing in the planet to really lean into the adults in your life and trusting that they know what the hell they're talking about, that what they're talking about is the standard to life, that we should be able to trust what they're talking about. So if you're in your brain of like, well, yeah, people said terrible things to me when I was younger or really offensive things to me when I was younger, I, I shouldn't have listened. I want to just normalize you're a kid, you're a sponge. It is the most normal thing on the planet for you to listen, for you to internalize that stuff. It is not your fault. It is not the expectation that you are like inherently wiser than everyone around you and you should just automatically know what's best for you. That's just not the the, the usual human experience. That's just not how brains usually work. So first I wanna just kind of give everyone that. Of if, if you notice that when it comes to your poor body image, you really blame yourself for those reasons, I want to give you permission and grace to ease up on yourself a bit because nobody actually expects that of you. Nobody expects that of anyone, especially, especially if you were a kid, you are just absorbing everything around you. That's just, that's how things work. So speaking of things that you absorb when you're a kid, this is a very common example that we give a lot, but obviously when we talk about body image, the concept of food comes up a lot because so many people have such a complex relationship with food. I have had a complex relationship with food in my life. I used to identify as a compulsive overeater, an extreme emotional eater. Um, this is something that has been called out by my mom several times in my upbringing, and it kind of you know, made me insecure about it, made me feel like it was something that I needed to hide, made me feel like shame around it. And when it comes to food, our parents are essentially the people who teach us how to eat, right? That's like what parents do, even from just spoon feeding a kid food. We, we are teaching them like, yep, this, this is how you eat and this is what you should be eating. And these are the times that you should be eating. So when it comes to this idea of learning how to eat, so many of us grew up in this idea of like a clean plate club. So your parents would tell you growing up, um, I want you to finish everything on your plate. I want that plate to be absolutely clean before you're able to leave the table. And again, this conversation is not about blame or shame. I actually want to open our eyes to the, the point or the purpose behind that. Our parents, usually, we can usually trust that they are doing what they truly feel is best for us, that they are doing what they feel is best for our health and our well-being, and just so that we're able to like grow into like good functioning adults. When we're told to clean our plates, it's usually through this lens of our parents wanting us to have all the nutrients and being so full and being just like content and like on track to growing the way that we should be growing. So the clean plate club comes from this idea that parents are doing what they feel is right as a parent. Um, but in a moment, I'm going to get around to the actual impact that that has on us, because very often in the same households, let's say you just had lunch or you just had dinner and you go up to your parent or you try to go in the kitchen and grab another snack. And your parent says something along the lines of like, you just ate. How are you? How could you possibly be hungry again? And then you're just kind of like, I'm just hungry again. I would like another snack, please. And then your parent says something along the lines of like, no, 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 no. You just ate. Go outside. Go play. Go do something else. You're not hungry. You're not hungry. So again, our parents are seeing things through the lens of, well, my kid just ate everything that they were supposed to eat. 
I don't want them getting in the habit of overeating because that too, we live in such a fat phobic society. We're so afraid of raising fat children, overweight children. We view it as inherently unhealthy and a negative thing. So our parents are looking out for us because they don't want that for us, right? But let me tell you what that teaches us in adulthood. It actually teaches us that we aren't able or allowed to trust our bodies and the cues that our bodies give us. So when we're full, let's say that we, we have a plate in front of us and the plate isn't totally complete yet. Our, we have the cue from our body that we're full. We, our request is to stop eating. So if we have a parent around saying like, no, 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 you need to clean that plate. We're actually learning that somebody else is in charge of when we're full and when we're not, or when we're done eating or when we're not where we actively learn in those moments that we're not supposed to trust our body's cues when it comes to fullness. Same thing on the opposite side of that coin. When we go back for an extra snack after we've already had a meal and our parents tell us we're not hungry when we're actively in the act of being hungry and wanting to satiate that hunger. Again, we are learning that we are unable to watch our bodies or sorry, listen to our bodies and listen to the cues that it gives us. So it kind of sets this precedent that when it comes to being hungry, being full, what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, we are very often seeking that information from somebody else, which is one of the reasons why so many of us are chronic yo-yo dieters in our lives, because we're constantly seeking that wisdom from somebody else because we weren't raised in a reality that we can actually trust our body and the cues that our body gives us. That is the impact that that has. Again, this isn't a F you mom and dad or whoever raised you. I, I can't believe that you would do this to me. This has impacted me so much as an adult, whatever. They were doing the best they could with what they had. They were truly in that moment doing what they felt was best to parent you in a way that felt right and good to them in that moment. That is a good and beautiful thing. And what we're learning just the older we get is that these aren't things that actually teach us how to trust ourselves and be just intuitive humans as we age and as we get older. So that's just one specific example of how we treat food and how we treat like a plate in front of us growing up and the impact that how we were affected as children impacts us as adults today and how we see our body and how we see food. Another way that parents wildly impact body image is self-talk. And when I say self-talk, I mean the way that you heard your parents or guardians talk about themselves. So it's it's kind of a very do as I say, not as I do energy, which, um, you know, I feel like most adults should know that. That's just not a thing. It's just not a thing in terms of kids. Kids watch what you do. Kids watch your behaviors. Kids watch, kids watch what you say and do to and with yourself um, and that is the stuff that they're soaking in. That is the stuff that they are learning. So let's say that you have this like really cool mantra that you do with your kid every day of like, I am beautiful and I am great and I love my body and I'm so strong and all this stuff. And then you turn around seconds later, looking in the mirror, judging yourself for your body and the way that you look saying, oh, I feel like a whale today or, oh my God, there's no way I'm putting on a bathing suit this summer. This is so embarrassing or, oh my gosh, I'm skipping dinner tonight. Like I just, I feel so massive or, 
oh my gosh, look at my face and my wrinkles. I'm getting so old. I need to get work done or whatever that is. That is what children are picking up on. They are looking at you who they view as inherently lovely and beautiful because you are their parent. You are their life source. And for that life source to be consistently or even occasionally negative talking themselves and their physical appearance, that is what sticks. Kids tend to internalize that. And when we are raised in a household where there is negative self-talk, we very often adopt that behavior for ourselves. So again, it's, it, it cannot be a do as I say, not as I do. When it comes to parents, you are showing us the way. You are showing us how to be humans. And we are very much picking up on what you're putting down and adopting those things for ourselves. So I say that to both parents um, of like, please be so aware of how you're speaking to yourself. First of all, whether or not you have kids, please be so aware of how you're speaking to yourself. Cause it does have such intense impact, but definitely if you're a parent, be so aware of how you're speaking to yourself, because whether or not you're aware, your kids can see it, your kids can hear it, your kids pick up on that stuff and they are adopting it before your very eyes. And I also say this as everyone on this call was a child at some point. So when it comes to these disempowering behaviors that you have towards your body, you didn't pick this up out of nowhere. You adopted this from somewhere. You adopted this from your upbringing. You adopted this from media. You adopted this from social media. You adopted this from so many different things that have been laid out before you in your life. So please have so much grace for yourself. These thoughts and behaviors aren't your own. This is learned behavior. And it's very important for me to say that you can actually unlearn this behavior, but you have to do it just like you did the first time around with hella practice. We've had so much practice in terms of negative self-talk. So you better believe that when you want to create positive self-talk or even neutral self-talk, of course, that is going to take so much practice and consistency, which is exactly something that we focus on in Body, I Love You. Another way that parents impact our body image is even just commenting on our bodies. And there's so many ways that this pans out or so many ways that this looks. Um, th these are ways that I've heard within the group of Body, I Love You and or have experienced myself. But even something along the lines of, uh, we're kind of getting more into gender roles here, but that definitely pertains to body image as well. But I remember just like, if I were running around in like a dress and maybe I saw my brother was doing something that like, he was like running in the dirt or like climbing rocks or whatever. And let's say I wanted to do the same thing. Me wearing a dress all of a sudden was reason or purpose for me to not do that thing. Sweetie, we don't want to get your dress dirty. And it's like, but my brother looks like he's having hella fun and I kind of want to have fun and I don't really care what I'm wearing. So like, can I please just have fun? Um, and there's kind of this societal expectation that girls are to grow up to be young ladies and young ladies are supposed to be proper and pure and clean and not dirty and not uh, inherently adventurous or curious and just like willing to get their hands dirty. So when it comes to, I noticed that I have kind of battled with this idea of masculinity and femininity in terms of how I express myself. I love my femininity. 
but I've noticed that there's such a delicacy to it that the older I get, I'm realizing that there's such a strength to femininity. And I feel like the way that I was spoken to as a kid, not even just from my parents, from teachers, friends of parents, other family members, I kind of put my, or was put in this box that I am supposed to be this thing. I am supposed to be clean. I'm supposed to be um, ladylike, right? Even from the way that I sit in a dress is something that is judged or at least commented on as you are growing up. Another thing that shows up a lot is adults comments towards children when it comes to their bodies and that ranges and I'm sure if you're listening to this you can definitely hear how that ranges even from let's say you're a kid and like I said you're you're sitting in a certain way and people are like oh sweetie don't sit that way we can you know that that's inappropriate or whatever that's such a confusing thing to hear as a kid because it's like well what are you talking about because I see a little boy sitting over there sitting the same way that I'm sitting but why is it inappropriate because I'm sitting this way and that has impact on people growing up or even if it's something like oh goodness she's so beautiful she's going to be a real heartbreaker when she grows up that's something that's so confusing for kids to hear as well and we definitely internalize that of well what does that mean why am I going to be breaking hearts. It's also extremely heteronormative. I'm usually, I'm sure you can hear, like you're going to have boys lined up down the street for this one. And that's just such a, a strange comment for a kid to hear. And truly young girls hear it so much and we internalize it as our value lies within our attractiveness. That we are valuable if we are attract attractive. And that it's almost like this, uh, boys are going to be coming at us left and right if, if an adult declares that we are attractive or beautiful. There's also, I'm sure you can hear, like kind of a creepy sense of sexualizing children in this way. And I say it's such a, it's such a strange comment for kids to hear, because obviously as adults, when we hear other adults say that, we know exactly what they're talking about. Kids actually don't know what you're talking about in that moment. They don't know what you're referring to. They're not aware of the complexities of the importance of vanity and um, sexual norms and gender norms and all the stuff. Like it's, it's, it's new information to them and they're literally downloading this information as you say it to them. There's also, we've had so many people come with comments of like, oh God, yeah, I've just had the creepy uncle, like look me up and down and say certain things of like how I'm starting to fill out my dress or how I'm starting to look like such a woman now at the age of 13 or something along those lines. Again, when it comes to adults commenting on our appearance in this way that we feel so observed, that can be such an uncomfortable thing. Again, body image is how we feel our body is perceived, be it perceived by us or perceived by others as well. So, that starts when we're at such a young age, when we hear adults commenting on our bodies. Oh my gosh, we've had people come to the group saying something along the lines of like, hearing a friend of a parent talking to the parent in front of the child saying, you might really want to get her diet under control before she gets into middle school or high school or whatever, because you know that could be a serious problem. 
kids have ears, kids can hear, kids, kids see those things and they hear those things happening and they internalize them in ways that aren't exactly clear and that are confusing. And you better believe that encodes in your brain. That is how neural pathways are formed in your brain. That is when the seeds are planted. And of course, you better believe that again, media, social media, there's all these different factors around us that are just watering that seed over time. And it, it grows us into these adults that are wildly critical of our bodies with such ex expectation of being thin and looking young and being on trend when it comes to different beauty standards and dietary standards, body standards rather. So these are all just, sometimes these are microscopic examples of just like you remember one to a few times growing up that something like this happened to you and you remember it, you, you make note of it. You're, you're aware that it's something that happened in your life and you're aware that in some way, shape or form, it does impact the adult that you are today and the adult brain that you have and the way that you perceive yourself. So these are small examples and they have big impact. Again, this is not a conversation of shame or blame. Every single person, every single imaginary adult that I have mentioned in these examples, they are all simply a product of their environment. They didn't wake up and say, I think I'm going to be an asshole to a kid today. They were a kid at one point in time and somebody said something insane to them and they internalized that and they grew up. They were raised in a society where they were taught that their value lies in how attractive they are. They were raised in a fat phobic society. They were raised in a society that you are unable to trust your body and its cues or that you're unable to trust yourself and your intuition and how you express yourself. They are all a product of, a, of their environment. We are all swimming in the same water. So it's not about shame or blame in terms of like, F you, Sandra, for saying that insane thing to me when I was eight year old. Sandra is just a product of her, of her environment. She is doing the best that she can with what she has. So this is where forgiveness comes into place, right? Because we kind of pinpoint and create awareness around these things. And it's like, okay, well, now I'm pissed at these things. Now I'm, now I'm mad that I couldn't, as an adult, like step in for childhood me and like say the thing that we actually wish we believed in the future. I, this has happened and this is unfortunate. And like, what, what do I do with this energy now? It's super common for this to bring up feelings of anger or feelings of sadness or even feelings of like regret in certain ways. And first of all, I wanna normalize that. We are human beings. I would never dream of coming on here and saying, you know, those feelings just, you just gotta get over it or you just gotta stay positive or you just gotta repeat these affirmations 12 times a day. No, we are human beings. We have human emotion. Uncomfortable emotions are uncomfortable. That does not mean that they are bad. They actually need to be felt in order to be processed. Nobody is an exception to that rule. We are humans. It's just how the cookie crumbles. It's just how we work. So first and foremost, feel what you need to feel about that. If you're sad, feel sad about it. If you're angry, feel angry about it. And whether that looks like you just kind of sitting in the emotion for a second, if you are an emotional journaler, I know that I certainly am from time to time. If you are angry and you want to scream into a pillow or if you want to like punch your bed or something like that, whatever way you do it, my only request is that you do it in a safe way 
um, and hopefully whatever this means to you in a somewhat healthy way, because it's important to get those out. And when our feelings are unprocessed, they actually can become dangerous. So first and foremost, feel, feel the feels. It's absolutely mandatory that you feel the feelings. And when it comes to forgiveness, again, this is one of our primary themes for week three. So forgiveness is very often seen as something that people don't deserve when it comes to like, well, did you forgive your dad for saying that comment to you when you were a teenager? And I'm very often met with like, hell no, he doesn't deserve it. Why, why would I forgive him? He did something so cruel to me. I, I'm never going to forgive him for that. Or maybe if your parents have since passed and it's like, well, what's the point of forgiving him? He's not even here to forgive. That's actually not what we're referring to here. Something that we firmly believe is that forgiveness is an inside job. Forgiveness is something that happens to you and within you. Forgiveness actually isn't for the other person. It's for you. Because again, when we talk about these reasons to forgive, you have a lot of sadness living inside of you. You have a lot of anger living inside of you. We're not forgiving the other person so that they can walk around thinking that what they did was okay. If that's part of it, that's part of it, that's fine. But our primary focus here is that forgiveness is for you. It's so that you can release these unprocessed or processing emotions. It's so that you don't have to walk around with the haziness of what it looks like to, I don't know, just kind of be like tainted with these uncomfortable emotions. Forgiveness is for you. And forgiveness also, this is something so important that I just really need to scream from mountaintop. Forgiveness is not a one and done situation. Just because you decided 10 years ago that you forgive someone for something, that does not mean that at some point in time you won't be triggered or remember something that was said or done to you. And it would be the most normal thing on the planet if those emotions come back up again. This whole concept of forgive and forget is such a made up human thing that I literally think over time just like formed so that, I don't know, adults didn't need to like actually hold themselves accountable to their own actions in the long run. And they also just both start with an F and two syllables. And I think people just thought that was cute. It's made up. We actually don't forget things. That's not how our brains work either. We remember things. That's, uh, that's how our brains are created. That's, that's just what brains do. So when it comes to forgiving, the expectation isn't to forget. And just because we're not forgetting doesn't mean that we need to hold something over someone for forever. Again, that is exhausting. I'm sure you guys have heard like when, when we hold something on somebody else, it's like drinking poison and wishing that it's going to negatively impact the other person. That's not how it works. When we're holding on to that stuff, it is harming us. So it's not a one and done situation. Sometimes you're going to have to come back to the work and work on whatever you need to work on in order to forgive. This tends to be such an ambiguous conversation as well, because forgiveness means so many different things to so many people. And when it comes to the action or the practice of forgiving, that looks so different for so many people too. For some people, it looks like a decision, just a decision that you made in your brain of actually, I'm sick of carrying around this stuff. I am going to choose to forgive this person and focus on myself so that I can move forward in a way that feels healthy for my well being. For other people, it's much more of a process. 
Um, one of the things that we recommend a lot is when it comes to forgiving someone to write that person a letter. This is not a letter that you are ever going to send to this person ever. So it's really valuable and actually recommended that in this letter, you let it rip. You drop all the F-bombs that you need to. You say all the nasty things. You do all the name calling. You do any blaming that you need to in your brain. You're just really letting it rip in your brain. Um, saying all the things that you need to to this person until there's literally nothing else to say. And after this letter is complete and you're confident that it is complete, I recommend destroying this letter, whether that looks like ripping it up into a literal confetti or lighting it on fire in a safe way or whatever that looks like for you. It's important for us to get our emotions out and very often talking it out and putting it in the universe or writing it out and putting it into the universe is extremely cathartic for a lot of people. So that is a valuable tool as well. My emotions, I feel very distinctly in my body. And I there are certain things in my life that get me triggered. This is something that's coming up for me um, in a bit, actually. As a lot of you know, I've talked about um, just a an incident that I experienced years ago um, that has wildly impacted, impacted the way that I see myself and the way that I view my body. And on the anniversary of that day, I noticed that I feel so angry. I, I just feel literally filled with rage. So something that I've gotten in the habit of doing is now that I know that about myself, now that I know that it's very predictable for me to wake up on this day feeling those feelings, I set up some form of support structure for myself so that I'm able to intentionally and through a healthy place express that anger and that rage. Because guess what, folks? If I'm not expressing it in a healthy way, it's going to come out some other way. And that kind of scares me. Kind of scares me what other ways that it could potentially come out. So it's very important for me to create intentionality around expressing this stuff. I know it's going to be uncomfortable. I know it's going to be wildly uncomfortable. But it's important that I do it because, again, if I'm ignoring these emotions, they're not just going to go away. We're just pushing it down for them to fester and show up in some other way in the future. So I have done um, rage rooms, which I'm learning aren't exactly my thing because I'm actually pretty sensitive to noise. Um, but the thing that I'm actually so I'm literally planning something roughly two months in advance that I'm going to be working with a personal trainer and I'm getting a group of my girlfriends together to have a rage session. This is something else that I've done in the past. And this was kind of an impromptu thing. And this was just me the first time that I did the rage session, but I was speaking to my personal trainer. I said, Hey, I, I, I woke up today. Today's the anniversary of a really shitty day. I notice I feel intense feelings of anger. I really want to just cancel our session today, but I'm wondering if we can actually like work through some of that stuff. And bless his heart, he simply wrote me back saying like, yep, I got you. And he, he, I, I don't know, I just got to the gym and he pulled out like all this cool equipment that I never thought that I would get the chance to use. Just like so much like heavy machinery and just like all these like crazy cool things. And essentially just took me through this exercise where I was able to grunt and throw things and use my muscle and like really just 
movements and exercises that focus on releasing anger. I got to the point in the session that I literally started sobbing, crying, and it was again, so uncomfortable. Um, and it was so extremely cathartic. And this was actually, so I'm going to speak to this in the future um, after I have this rage session and just kind of speak to that experience that's coming up in late June. I feel really excited to share about that. But it is especially cool because relating to this conversation, body image and exercise, exercise is something that I was raised to view as punishment. We like punish our bodies with exercise for eating pizza or eating a donut or skipping two days of exercise or whatever it is. Exercise for me always equaled punishment. And in that moment, through the lens of forgiveness and through the lens of processing my emotions in a healthy and intentional way, I was able to use movement as medicine. And again, to reiterate, this is not a one and done situation. This is something that I do every year at least. And certainly I'm triggered in between the anniversary and there are other things and uh, just activities that I do in order to release some of that stuff. So if forgiveness looks like talking to a professional, like a therapist, um, that's incredible. If it looks like even just venting to a friend, calling someone up and saying, hey, I'm going to talk for 30 minutes straight. Could you please just say not one thing and just let me get this off my chest? That is valid. If you want to talk to yourself in a room, that is valid. Getting it out of you is so important. Like I said, writing it out, writing out a, a rage letter, a sadness letter, or just, I don't know, any, any emotions letter and destroying it afterwards. Again, I repeat, do not send the letter. Do not send this letter. I just want to make that very clear. The letter is not being sent. But that is a super valuable practice. Super cathartic in so many ways. And if these things are things that you continuously practice throughout your life, that is incredible and that is amazing. So to sum things up, forgiveness is an inside job. It's something that you do for yourself and actually has little to nothing to do with the person or the thing that you are forgiving. Forgiveness is not a one and done situation. Forgiveness is very likely something that you will have to come back to and work through your very human emotions. Again, this is not a blaming conversation of, oh, my parents suck. Let me, let me speak to all the reasons. Our parents and the humans who raised us are simply swimming in the same exact waters that we're swimming in. They are a product of their environment and we're all just doing the best we can with what we have. It is our responsibility to create something different and, and healthier, whatever that looks like for you, for ourselves. And again, when I say responsibility, I'm not saying this is on you now. I'm saying that you have an ability to respond. And it is your ability to respond that allows you to heal from these things that you now realize in an, as an adult were disempowering for you growing up. And it's so important to recognize that. If any of you have other examples of things that now as an adult you recognize were disempowering kind of behaviors or beliefs that you went through around your body image growing up, I would love to hear about them if you want to comment below. If there's any other obstacles um, or just, I don't know, intense emotions that you have around this concept of forgiveness, please comment below and we're more than happy to address those as well. I really appreciate you all joining me today for this conversation around forgiving your parents for your poor 
body image and what it looks like to actually create responsibility to create something different for yourself moving forward. It may not always feel like it, but this is actually an extremely empowering conversation. And I hope that you took something from this. Thank you all for joining me today. I always appreciate being in this space with you all. And I will see you next week.